Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I'm sex educator and sexual communication coach, Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey, friends. As I mentioned during the last solo show, I've tweaked the format of these solo shows to give myself a little bit of a breather. This week, we'll be looking at a listener question and I'll give you a recommendation for a podcast featuring one of my favoritest things on earth, elephants. So let's jump right in with the listener question. Am I normal? 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 This one came in by private message. So you're going to hear my voice reading it. Here's what she said. I gave birth three years ago, and my body looks different and isn't as sensitive or responsive as before. It's a solid block of shame in my head, and I'm still too afraid to deal with it. Should I be overcoming this shame on my own? Or is it okay to invite my husband to work through it with me? Dear listener, what a great question. As you've probably gleaned from my past shows, I have dealt with significant body image issues throughout my life. Growing up with a father who said that no one would ever find me attractive because I didn't have a perfect body will do that to a girl. There were plenty of times when I wanted to go out and do something, but couldn't leave the house because I was sure people would laugh at me, no matter what clothes I put on my body. During my year of sexual healing, I thought I was supposed to heal my body confidence all on my own. I thought if I looked to anyone else to support me, I wasn't properly doing my work. I had bought into this idea that if I didn't do it all by myself, somehow the healing wasn't valid or I hadn't worked hard enough. But as time went on and I was having sexual experiences with different people around the country, none of whom had any connection to each other, so they weren't comparing notes, I started to notice a theme. They were all saying the same words to me. I love your curves. Your skin is so soft. I love your curls. You have a beautiful smile. You have an amazing ass. You're beautiful. At some point, I realized that these words were changing something inside me. As I heard others consistently saying things to me that I could not yet say to myself, old wounds began to heal. It didn't even matter that I couldn't believe them yet. 
the consistency with which I was hearing the words was creating a chink in my armor. Now, I haven't birthed a child, so I don't know the process of relearning and reclaiming your body after giving birth. But I have heard lots of other women talk about it, and there seems to be a common experience. When your body has been in service to feeding and nurturing another little being, you don't have the same amount of energy and passion to devote to getting turned on and revved up for your partner. If your body is a jungle gym for your little person, perhaps it has downshifted sensation to help you deal with the barrage of elbows and knees wielded by someone who doesn't yet know how to fully control their own body. So, are you supposed to tough this out alone? Or is it okay to invite your sexual partner to help you get your body back? We get the message through so many channels that we are meant to be self-sufficient. It's the American way. If you can't do it for yourself, who's going to do it for you? You can't expect anyone to give you something that you can't give to yourself. But did your husband help you through your pregnancy? Did he demonstrate concern about how your body felt while it was carrying this little human? Did he do things to help you feel more comfortable and loved? Why would you assume that his caring about your body stopped the moment that the baby emerged, and now it's your burden to bear all on your own? I think that too often we push others away in the belief that we're supposed to do it ourselves. But what if they not only could help the process, but they're yearning to find a way to reestablish connection. And we're the ones holding them at arm's length in the belief that we're not supposed to ask for help. If you were wanting him to do the work for you or make it all better for you, I'd throw a red flag. But if you're inviting him to play in your sandbox with you, I think you have the opportunity to create greater intimacy for both of you. What if your husband holds a key to your healing that you didn't even know you were looking for? Now, if I were the one on the receiving end of this message, my next question would be, but how? So here's one potential way the conversation could go. Honey, I know that I've been a little off since the baby was born. My body hasn't felt the same and I haven't known how to handle it and I've been scared to talk about it. But I'm also afraid that it has created some distance between us, and I don't want that. I could use some support, and I'm hoping that by letting you in a little more, we can reestablish the physical and emotional intimacy we had before I was pregnant. I don't know exactly what that will look like yet, but I want to start seeing myself as beautiful and desirable again. And I think it would really help to see myself through your eyes for a while. I love hearing you tell me that I'm beautiful, sexy, strong, whatever thing is most resonant for you. And when you tell me that I'm beautiful, sexy, strong, if I shake my head or try to deny it, would you remind me of this conversation 
and that my job is to believe that you believe it? Remember, that intermediate step is often necessary. I can't go directly from not believing I'm beautiful to believing I'm beautiful just because I say I'm going to. And anyone who tells you that that works is trying to sell you a load of magical thinking. But I can take the intermediate step of saying, my partner is saying that I'm beautiful. I don't believe it yet, but I can believe that they believe it. And anytime my brain tries to turn that around and say, they're lying to you, they're just trying to fill in the blank with whatever terrible thing your brain says, you can respond, what reason do they have to lie to me? Why should I believe that their caring stopped the moment that my body pushed out a baby? And remind yourself, it's okay that I don't believe it yet, but I'm going to choose to believe that my partner believes it. And the more you practice that intermediate step, the easier it becomes to get to the point you want, allowing the possibility that you could believe it too. To ask a question about your sex life, your desires, or anything else to do with female sexuality, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. You will remain completely anonymous, and I promise you won't have to talk with a real person. You just leave a voicemail. That number again is 720-GOOD-SEX. Friends, if you love these conversations, I would love your help to keep them going. There are three ways you can participate. Two are free, and one is for listeners who've got a few extra dollars each month. Number one, take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag me in your post, and if it's public, I'll reshare and send you a personal thank you. Word of mouth is the best way to build buzz for an independent show like Good Girls Talk About Sex. And the more people listening, the healthier our collective sexual experiences will become. Number two don't want the whole world to know you're listening to a show about sex, I get it. Perhaps you heard something in this episode that reminds you of a past conversation with a friend or something you wish your partner knew. Send them a link to this episode and a quick message about why you think they should listen. And number three, if you have the resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's absolutely no contract or obligation. You can cancel at any time. Plus, I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are currently being legislated out of existence. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. And one more thing, there is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free to everyone. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access them. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex to start listening. 
I appreciate every one of you. Whether you're a client, a patron, a social media follower, or a silent listener, I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show. This week, I'm so excited to introduce you to the show, A Mindful of Everything with Agrita. In her show description, Agrita asks, do you find yourself overwhelmed by thoughts on a regular basis? Those thoughts that leave you questioning why certain things are how they are and that leave you feeling eager to find answers. So I heard a piece of this podcast a while ago and made a mental note of liking it, but hadn't added it to my list of podcasts to feature. Then about 10 days later, I found myself quoting some of the information I learned from the podcast to my boyfriend one night. And I knew if I'd retained that information for that long, Agrita was not only talking about something that interested me, she was talking about it in a way that helped me metabolize what I was hearing. And so I now offer you the same opportunity. In the episode, Beautiful Planet, Lessons from the Elephants, Agrita talks about what makes elephants so special, including, as she says, how we can all be more human by adopting the elephant way of living. And as for that fact that I couldn't forget, sort of like an elephant, here's the clip. Only male Asian elephants can grow tusks, so the females don't. But for African elephants, both female and male elephants grow tusks. The tusk is, of course, a very important feature of the elephant. It's kind of like their hands. They are actually left or right tusks, which I find really cute. So they tend to use their left tusk or right tusk more, just depending on how they are like. So whenever you see an elephant, you always see that one tusk is smaller than the other and it's more chipped or wear down than the other because they're using that much more than the other one. Their tusks are basically extended teeth and they provide many benefits. For example, they can protect their trunk, they can help them lift heavy objects to access food or to remove any barriers when they're migrating. They can even help each other out using these tusks. Recently, I watched a documentary where a matriarch was helping a calf to come out of the mud because it was stuck and she was really using her tusk as well as her trunk to help that baby come out. Males, of course, use it for mating season to fight off other males. They use it to protect the territory and both female and male elephants use it for defence as well. What's really sad, however, is that due to extensive poaching in many different areas, Many elephants are now showing to select against the growth of tusks because they really want to protect themselves. They don't want to be killed just for their tusk, which really is invaluable to them, but has no value to us. So because of the extensive poaching back then and perhaps even now, so many elephants are now starting to not grow tusks and those tusks are so important for them. So I think that is really, really sad, but it is definitely improving. We still need to sort it out, but it's definitely improving. The next feature that elephants are really famously known for is their trunks. A single trunk has up to 40,000 muscles in a grown elephant. Compared to a human, which only has 600 muscles in their entire body, 
that is amazing. So you really don't want to be messing with an elephant because that trunk could really sweep off so many people. Studies have shown that elephants have long trunks to get enough food for their big bodies. So the soft, platable, nutritious leaves that are in the canopies, they can easily access them with their trunks. They have no problem in doing that. However, their trunk is not just for accessing food that is on a high elevation. It is also really used for smell. Out of all the mammals that exist, elephants have the most amount of smell receptors, so much so that they can actually smell TNT and bombs and remember to stay away from that site. I don't understand how that really happens because we know what bombs are, we know what explosives are, but elephants don't, yet that smell of TNT, they can stay away from it because they associate that to danger. Maybe it's because of the constant interaction that they've been having with humans and now they've evolved to remember that smell, but I think that is pretty strong. That is the show Mindful of Everything with Agrita. Information and links are in the show notes. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And remember, there's a treasure trove of audio extras available for free at Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash goodgirlstalkaboutsex. While listening to those extras is free, producing this show is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. I donate 10% of all Patreon proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are increasingly difficult to obtain. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Good Girls Talk for more sex positive content. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. As your sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. Until next time, here's to your better sex life. <laughs>